The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. <clears throat> and with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Jesus said, or Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Normally on the second Sunday of Easter, we focus on Thomas and the importance of the eyewitness account which we have in the Gospels, which allows us who have never seen the risen Lord as the first apostles did, to come to know and to love Jesus Christ, to recognize the reality of his resurrection into new life and to say with Thomas, my Lord and my God. But this year, I was struck by a theme that I saw emerging from the other lessons which are appointed on this year B of the lectionary cycle. And that theme was how much the gospel proclamation takes place within the context of a community of faith that itself shows that new life, that shows by our common life what the new life in Christ is all about. It is very clear 
in our first lesson, a lesson that is mercifully short given the anxiety that it tends to cause many devout Christians in capitalist societies because it is so clearly socialist in its economics. But a few years ago, I realized that what's being described here is not a political system that coerces this kind of cooperation among its members, but rather it was a community of people who saw themselves as a family of God. And as a family, they do what all families do, and that is willingly share from the common pot, from the common resources of the family. It is that aspect of the church being a family that is seen throughout the New Testament. It's there in Acts, it's there in the writing of Paul, it's there in the writings of John and Peter. The members of the community are referred to as brothers and sisters. Jesus himself set the tone for that in his ministry on at least two occasions. The first, when he takes advantage of the incident where he is told that his mother and brothers are outside to say, who are my mother and my brothers and sisters? Here are my mother and brother and sisters, all who uh, love and strive for the kingdom of God. And on another occasion where he says, whoever would leave mother and father and sister and brother for my sake and the gospel will have a hundredfold mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. And that tradition of the church as family is carried down to this day in monasteries and convents where the members are referred to as brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. It is clear that from the very beginning, the church saw itself as a family of God's children by adoption and grace, being baptized into Christ who is, in fact, our elder brother. And it is that quality of proclamation that shows forth the, the power of God. That's what we're told in that passage from Acts. Because it starts out, now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And then goes on, with great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The two go hand in hand. The quality of the life of the community of faith as the family of God gives authenticity to the message. It gives it the power because people can know in their own generation, they can see that new creation at work 
among the believers. Psalm 133. Oh, how good and pleasant it is when brethren live together in unity. And skipping over all that happens to the oil, there the Lord has ordained the blessing, life forevermore. That's the main point of that psalm, that it is in the unity in which the brethren dwell that we find the blessing, life forevermore. And John carries on the same theme when he says, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What do we do every Sunday? But we come together in fellowship as the family of God and partake of his body and his blood that continually nourishes us, strengthens us, purifies us, sanctifies us until we're more and more in the image of God. And that new creation is reflected more and more perfectly within us. The church at its best is a living example of the new creation in Christ. And as I said, gives authenticity, authenticity, yes, authenticity to what we proclaim. That's why our colleague this morning, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. That's also why we say at the end of every baptism to the newly baptized one, we receive you into the household of God. Confess with us the faith of Christ crucified. Proclaim his resurrection and share with us in his eternal priesthood. The two go hand in hand, the proclamation and the living witness of the community functioning the way Christ intended it. We all know, however, it doesn't always work that way. Sin has a way of finding and creeping into the life of the church from time to time and scandalizing frankly, that witness. Competitiveness, envy, division, strife, put a black mark and end up once again crucifying our Lord. John recognizes that reality in what he says today, though. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. And then later, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. John recognizes the reality that we face of sin that still clings even after we have been adopted by grace into Jesus Christ and received that new life. 
That's the struggle that we live with. But he provides the way out. When he goes on to say, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. That's why we almost always have a confession as part of the liturgy, Sunday by Sunday. Because we need to be constantly reminded of the nearness of sin and how much it can threaten. But we also need to hear the promise that John hints at in what he says here. And that is that by God's grace, even in our failures as a community, even as we show that sin, we are able to show the redemption in Christ. And it works this way. Because the world, the world, when it experiences that enmity and strife, will um, withdraw from others. They will um, try to extract revenge and carry grudges. But in the life of the community, by the grace of God, we are able to confess our sins, to admit where we are wrong, to bind up one another's wounds, to make that commitment of mutual love and affection by which we can move back to reconciliation and a more perfect witness of that new life we share in Christ. Even our failures can be successes in terms of showing what the gospel of Christ is all about and its power to give people new life. As I reflect back on 40 plus years of ministry, I realize that this is probably the most common theme of my preaching and my teaching. I believe it so passionately. I believe it's right there in scripture in plain sight. And we need to get over our modern individualism in hearing these passages and recognize the way in which that proclamation of the gospel comes from a believing community that acts like the family of God in that new creation. And so once again, I just bid us to consider the power of this way of thinking and this way of proclaiming the gospel. And let us 
with John. Walk in the light as he himself is, in, is the light that we may indeed have fellowship one with another. Amen.